0: Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can create an amazing business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to My Business Playbook. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, today I am sitting down with Polina Chestokhina, the most beautiful, glorious name of all time. And we are talking about Squarespace. We are talking about website design, the ways in which you can level up your DIY website design. Now, Polina is a communication expert with decades of experience in digital and media. In the past eight years, Polina has worked with thousands of businesses on launching their website across platforms, including WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, and Squarespace. And the cool thing that we're speaking about today is since 2016, Polina has been leading SquareMuse, which is a lifestyle digital brand that creates premium design templates for photographers and creative businesses who use Squarespace as their online platform. So if you are a Squarespace user, you're going to love these beautiful designs on SquareMuse. We have a sneaky little discount code in the show notes as well, if you want to check those out. But for now, I'm going to dive straight into my conversation with Paulina, where we're talking all things leveling up your website design. Let's do it. Well, Paulina, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm really excited to dive into what you do at Square Muse. And I know that for anyone listening who is a Squarespace user, you're going to love this conversation. And anyone who does their own website design, I know that there's going to be some wisdom that you have to share with us. But for anyone listening who doesn't know what Square Muse is, can you share a little bit about what you do and how you started Square Muse? Right. Well, thank you for
1: having me uh, and for connecting and reaching out. And uh, yeah, well... Um, SquareMuse, uh we are a small team, we do uh, design templates uh, for uh, creatives that use Squarespace we actually came from an agency background. Uh, So we have spent over a decade working with uh, custom websites, uh, working one-on-one with photographers, uh, big commerce websites as well as lifestyle bloggers. So kind of a lot of different stuff. Um, And with time, um, we've decided to move into uh, design templates. We started with WordPress, first with themes, and then Like five, six years ago, Squarespace became kind of a name that kept on popping up, right? Like this new platform or pretty known platform that everybody was raving about for building websites. Um, so that just to give a perspective, right? 10 years ago, it was all about WordPress or like flash websites, you know? So um, technology has changed so much and there's so many platforms coming up and so many tools that at some point it just didn't make sense to do custom websites anymore when you have such powerful tools where you can, you know, much easier create a website and much quicker. So uh, our team is design focused and we decided to give it a try and see if our designs will be something that Squarespace users will like, especially knowing that, you know, Squarespace has their own templates that users can use, but we do have the experience of exploring fonts, identities, so we wanted to bring that a decade of experience working on custom projects into creating design templates that are tailored to specific user or tailored to specific you know niche of photography for example since we do come from a photography industry so uh, that's how Square came to be you know fast forward basically five years uh we are working to create design kits not only for photographers but also life coaches educators um, and really any creative business that is media content heavy or not have it necessarily, but our visual. I would definitely say it's a very visually oriented uh, design kit Where uh, for those creatives who appreciate um, beautiful aesthetic. And uh, yeah, I think beautiful aesthetic says it all, right? Um, <laughs> and fonts and colors, you know, obviously that's something that we're passionate about to bring in and explore and, and have our users pay like, you know, of what they would pay There were an actual custom website created for them.
0: Amazing. And so essentially, and your designs are so beautiful. So I love, you know, we're big Squarespace fans and I love that what you do is you kind of essentially, you know, for anyone who's creative, the idea of Squarespace and, you know, designing your own website is so good. But if you want to do kind of take it to the next level and start to really make it feel more creative or unique or not feel like a template, then your elements are so good because it just adds this extra little like just design uniqueness and functionality that is really beautiful and unique on on Squarespace sites. So what are some of the actual elements that you guys do? Because I know you do design kits and then you also have custom elements as well. Like how does that actually work and what can people actually change with with your elements?
1: Right. I mean, custom elements, that was a good, that was an interesting um, design element that we have brought in as a product, right? So, we realize that people don't necessarily want to update their whole site. They may be very happy with their site. They just need, they're just not sure how to present specific content. And actually, I think that's the the power of what our team does is understanding that it's not only about the visual and the static and the consistency across and kind of the, you know, um, the elegant, intricate kind of design detail. It's also how you organize content. And I think that's what a lot of business owners struggle with. It's like, I have all this content to share. If I just put it on the page, who will even read this? I mean, because let's be honest, we read, you know, in the, like in a 140 characters bits. Um, so what <laughs> our team does very good, uh, very well is to organize content in a way that is um, that it's digestible. It's actually, you know, a pleasant experience to read and to to go through. So uh, that's why we created the custom elements where you have sliders or info blocks that are nicely organized, um, testimonial sliders, tabs. So organizing content in a way that it looks good, but also is easy for the user to digest. Uh, because again, you know, you're going to lose that user if you have like a two paragraph section of just your story yes your story is interesting but um you know everybody's competing for the attention of your your site visitors so it needs to be um yeah, it needs to be curated in the layout that is presented. So the custom elements come as a solution for for people who don't want necessarily to change their website because they're happy. They just maybe need better solution to present specific uh, content or specific layouts uh, on their website. And that's what the custom the custom elements do very well.
0: Yeah, they're so, so beautiful. And we're going to pop a link in the show notes so that you can have a look through the gallery of of the beautiful design kits they have. And also there's custom elements because yeah, it does take your website from good to great. And it's actually really easy to input as well. So I love that you are really about the aesthetic, but also about the functionality. And one thing I love about what you you just shared then, Polina was around, it's about organizing the content for the user experience. And I think where a lot of people seem to go wrong when it comes to their website design, when it comes to their communication online, particularly on their website, is they wanna share everything, but they forget about where the customer is coming from or where the website viewer is coming from. And most of the time they're coming to a website looking for a solution to a problem. They're coming to a website maybe without any prior knowledge about your industry or the service that you provide. And so it's really about how you communicate in a way that doesn't overwhelm because no one makes decisions when they're overwhelmed or they don't make good decisions when they're overwhelmed. So I love that you guys are about, okay, the functionality of it, but also, you know, I I kind of feel like in design and, and with websites in particular, it feels like this either or, it either is highly converting, but they're like big red, like I kind of just picture like, like chunky, I don't, <laughs> chunky, like weird designed websites that you're like, oh, there's a flashing red button at me, like, and then they use different colors over here and whatever. And it's like over the top, but maybe that converts well, but it doesn't look good. And so it's this thing of thinking about, And then there are sites where they look beautiful, but they're not leading anyone anywhere. (laughs) So I love that you think about both and you're thinking about the functionality, the conversions and also the aesthetic because that's really, to me anyway, it's really important to have both. And I think you can have both. So I really wanna get your thoughts on practical advice for people who are DIYing, if that's a word, (laughs) their website design, because you are really the queen of this. And I feel like given your background, you've built custom sites, as you were saying, like you've kind of done it all. When it comes to building a website, what are the top things you think every single website should do?
1: Right. So uh, should the user do it? The website, you know, the website should obviously convert, should get you
0: yes. users on
1: the site, keep them there engaged enough so that they get to the final call to action, which is connect with you. Right. So that's what your website should do uh, in terms of the user, what they need to do, or like, let's say website owner, what they should do for their website when they think about tackling that this, because for many, that's an overwhelming, you know, uh, task. Uh, there's a lot of elements to think about. You know, it's what do I present? But how do I talk about my services? But, you know, there's so many ways to show my portfolio. How do I do that? Uh, Do I have a blog? Like, it's just so much... So many decisions that I I can imagine that it's, it is overwhelming. So I think the first thing to do and uh, it's is to have a plan. Right, is to have a plan of what specific you want to tell on your website and what is the the goal of your website. Because for some people, for some businesses, they want to go with their if you know if we especially talk about photographers, they can want to go with just their portfolio. They want that to speak about what they do exactly. They don't want to talk much. They just want to show the work and just, you know, hit a book me link uh, or button somewhere where it's visible and that's it. Some other businesses will be much more talkative and they want to come across, as you mentioned, like, you know, some people come on your website, they don't know the process. So these businesses want to hold your hand so they want to talk a bit more about the process about their approach about their philosophy um and this is where i think uh, that's the question of branding right how what is your branding so the plan is what do you want your website to be and what specifically uh what objectives you want your website to meet um in a way and uh then the question goes into your branding specifically. Is your branding a talkative brand or it's, you know, to the point? Um, And from there, you have all of those tangible uh, or like visual brand elements, like your fonts and your colors, your image curation. What you've mentioned is that, yeah, we're very, you know, we're very focused on visuals, uh, but also backed up with functionality. Um, But I think with visuals, it's a lot of elements that we look at. Uh, And for a for a website owner that wants to tackle this project, right? They need to uh, why they need to know what their brand is about is because from here they'll know what typography or what fonts will work. And it's not about three hundred options of fonts. It's selecting two, three really good fonts that will support their uh, you know their messaging. Their Communication style, um, and I think this is a good example. You know, you won't take serious any message that is written in Comic Sans font, right? So fonts are <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> important. So if you yes. go for like an elegant style, you know, obviously there will be some serifs involved. If you go for like a modern minimalist, you will go for some sans serifs uh, fonts that are a bit more bold. So there is you know psychology in that, and and how we perceive the fonts. And for those who are watching or listening, uh, you know. Obviously, uh, you may not know a lot about fonts, and that's fine. There's a lot of options and freebies online of like font combinations for you to check out and look. Somebody already did that research for for you. You don't have to worry that you're not a brand designer and you you know you don't know how to figure it out. So that's the fonts. And then I think every, not so many people focus on image curation, but I think it's really important. And study case being, uh, we once did a design kit and I remember we launched it and it was kind of, it was okay. I mean, the design was good, but it's for some reason, people were not like clicking into it. So after a week, we're like, we need to change the images. They just are not good enough. they just don't make you want to buy this design. It just doesn't give you the, the kind of the, I don't know, like the vision of how your imagery will look there, how your messaging will look there. So... We researched and we found imagery from a photographer that will work. We connected with a photographer and we used that imagery and that design was the best seller after that. So that's only by changing the images. That's why I think image curation is one thing that people may forget. But that may be a very strong part of your visual communication, Um, you know, paired obviously with well curated fonts that are consistent across um, and, you know, good colors for accent and for like for backgrounds and so forth. So, you know, obviously that's focused on the visual, but that comes from the brand again, again, from your brand identity and from your brand messaging and and who you are as a brand. That is very important Um, and that should fall Brand and the plan, what your website should, should do. It should not do everything. You cannot fit in a whole, you know, novel into your website. So sometimes less is more. And what we've mentioned, you know, initially, a lot of people try to just put in everything, um, and that's overwhelming. So you need to you need to choose choose your battles, basically.
0: Yeah, that that is such a good point because it is yeah, when we try to communicate too many services or too many options of like email us or book a call or contact us over here, it confuses the customer or the viewer who is scanning. So we need to really make sure that we are, I love that, like planning out, what's the main thing we want them to do and and plan that out. And I love the idea of if something isn't converting, don't, I love that you guys didn't just go, okay, well, we're just going to stop selling that product now, that design kit. It's like, no, investigating, like, why, why hasn't this sold? And let's, let's refine it and tweak it so that it, it actually does, you know? So I love the idea of investigating what about this could we improve or change so that it, resonates and connects more and leads people to take the next step and
1: I think that's a good point as well of you know I think a lot of business owners when they build a website they think okay I build a website that's it we're good I can focus on the business um, and forget about the website for like five years <laughs> but yes. the website is you know I think a, you a business owner should embrace the fact that they need to work on their website. Continuously, And it, it's not only about SEO, which is, you know, very uh, popular topic, but it's also about reviewing what works and what doesn't work. Right. Especially when, you know, if you're a seasonal business, when you know there's kind of um, more demand at a certain point, you can, before that demand happens on your website or people, you know, end up on your website, you can review, okay, what has been working so I can improve, the, like keep doing that. Uh, or apply that more often and what doesn't work what can i do better especially you know for those who do a lot of blog posts for example and they know they have um top articles uh that people come to like organically you know through through, whatever google search and so forth you know what can you do with those articles so that they become converting articles whether that's, you know, add a, like a sign up option or offer a discount or a freebie or, you know, anything to, to kind of prolong the actual, to make that article functional, right? Not just top article that people come into. Um, and for those articles that are convertible, how to make them more convertible. You know, so, um, you know, so, or, or pages, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily an article, but, um, a website is, is a continuous work in progress. And I think it's, it's just a matter of adding that to your process of reviewing and improving, um, and, and seeing what actually works to keep on doing that and what doesn't work and see how that can be improved and, um, and made better really. So, um, this, of course, all these tips come from the, what we actually do as well as a business. You know, every year we'll review what works, what doesn't work, what's our lesson learned. And that's perfectly fine that something didn't work, you know? And you're like, okay, well, we know this doesn't work. So let's not do it again and not waste our effort. That's fine. Move on. You know, let's do the things we know that work.
0: Yeah, that makes, that's so good. And I love the idea of what you said around a website is a continuous work in progress. I think so often we think, oh great, I'm gonna look at that yet yeah, once every five years when actually it needs to be more fluid, it needs to be changed, it needs to be kind of refined and added to, not just for SEO, but that's a big big reason why as well. What are the things, so when, when you are looking at say you do it annually and, and you're looking at what content is, is the highest viewed and, and could we improve this? What are the actual metrics that you would be looking at, say, within a Squarespace website? Like what, what kind of KPIs would you have for that? Right. Well, you
1: definitely look, you know, obviously you can add a Google Analytics to your website, your Squarespace website. So you look at that. And if you do paid ads let's say you also look at what is converting um, so uh, and you know what pages are high traffic pages and what pages are high converting pages so that's mainly just looking at Google Analytics and seeing kind of what is there in the top of your um, you know the, the top resources that appear there and reviewing what, what actually why people come here, you know, um, what is that that makes them, you know, search for those keywords and so forth. In many cases, when we research, for example, why um, an article performed very well, for example, we're like, okay, I think Google likes lists. Like, it's really like putting our, let's say, five steps how to like upload a custom font to your Squarespace site, for example. That's a very, it's our top article, uh, mainly because it's very easily explained in steps, and apparently Google likes steps. So it actually shows the result in Google search as steps already. So, um, you know, it's just finding, okay, that's a popular article, let's have people sign up so they can get phone combinations, for example, right? So we get their email and then we can continue that conversation. So, uh, and that only happened because we looked in our Google Analytics and we're like, every month we're reviewing what are the top five or top 10 articles or pages that get most traffic and articles and pages that get most conversions because this can be very different ones. So, Google Analytics is your friend. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> it's confusing at the beginning, but definitely helps a lot to see um, to, to see what actually is happening versus what you feel like is happening on your website. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't have Google Analytics installed on their website, definitely go and do that because it really does help you to know... It also helps you to know, and, and Paulina, you can tell me if this is right or not, but what at what point people exit as well, yeah, right? Exactly. So you can kind right. of see uh, where do people drop off and yep. where do people disengage and how could we improve that? So I think it's a, such a powerful thing to keep looking at and that's such a good reminder. Like we need to look at ours way more than we do. <laughs> so that's yep. good. Yep. <laughs> but I think what you've, what
1: you've mentioned very very uh, well about kind of people coming to your website and being overwhelmed as well. And I think that's a part where we need to be aware where people kind of fall off or you know disengage. It's when the mass, it's when the messaging or the experience is like, what's that? What do you want from me? Right? It's like yeah. you tell me so many things on your website, but what you know, the moment your user is confused and they need to think, uh, it's it's too much, right? So you'll just exit. So I think that's where you know, whatever messaging you want to have on your website, or um, it, it can be a long page. It can be like a lot of messaging and a lot, you know, going on. But if, it's, if, if it flows as a conversation, right, the person will be engaged into that. So definitely the, the, the messaging or the path of your user should be clear. They should not think twice what they need to do. It should be very clear for them where they need to go from here. Um, and they should not be thinking about, okay, how do I, how do I contact, how do I, what's, what's next, you know? So I think that's an important point to also make, um, in terms of, you know, thinking on creating your pages or your website is making it clear, uh, for your user in terms of their path on your site.
0: Yeah, that it makes so much sense. And I think, I mean, I know that at Square Mears, you work with a lot of creatives and I think as creatives, we can kind of struggle with the idea of well i need to be direct and tell like our our viewer is saying what do you want me to do <laughs> i'm ready to take action but like if it's not clear that's when people just exit yeah. you know and it's that brene brown says clear is kind and it's true like on our websites in our communication our our sales processes need to be really clear and what i love about what you were saying as well, Polina, and this might've been earlier on, you were saying it's really about like your font combinations and it's your brand and it's how do you want people to feel? And then you kind of think your website is this representation of your brand and, you know, the imagery that you use, the tone, all of these things. It's like this living, breathing representation of your brand. And then where we're going from there, when someone lands on your website, it's also a gateway into your sales process. So it really, like there are so many other things that really inform what happens on your website. And I love that you think about what you're already saying is like, it's not just, this is its standalone thing. Your website's here, your social media sits over here, all separate, everything informs you know what happens on your website and and I think thinking about it as a work in progress at all times is such that's such a cool way to think about it because it as you add more content you start to realize oh google google likes that one let's do more like that or let's like kind of optimize it even more or this this part of the process is where we kind of fall short so let's keep going and keep optimizing and I, I love that you how you phrase that. I think that's so, so cool.
1: And I think also what um, what we can add here is also, you know, you have the front of the site, right? Like it's, it's the pages that you see in the menu. Like, you know, it can be very straightforward, home about services, work, and contact. But there's also a whole lot of pages you can create in the back end that is not for the viewer that comes on the site straight as it's, you know, kind of polina.com but searches on the internet for something. And that's where, you know, you can work with landing pages um, that are hidden from your navigation, but they tackle one specific question or one specific problem that your potential user may have. Um, you know, and I'll bring photographer examples because I think there's kind of a lot here to to explore. Um, you know, it can be a landing page on a specific location, if you're working with a vendor location and you've shot there and you know that people are looking for that location specifically, just create a landing page only about the work that you did at that location and then present your, you know, your prices, your, um, you know, your some featured work from that location, how that may look for that user specifically looking for that, um, the approach and, and the way to connect. Um, I think we are very often focused on the front but there's also a lot of work that can be done on the back end, on hidden pages that really tackle one problem at a time instead of trying to kind of show everything, right? So that's also something to, to keep in mind. But obviously, that's like the next level already when you like, you know, um, roll your sleeves and like, okay, let's, let's make this website work as a marketing tool.
0: Yeah. And I love that idea of not everything has to be in the, the yeah. main navigation, because we don't want to, yeah, if we're not wanting to overwhelm people, then we can have pages that, you know, are linked within. It's kind of like you want it, You want your website to be a, a destination where someone kind of gets lost in, in the best kind of way. Like they read one blog article, but there's always a call to action to another blog article or a freebie or something else. We're kind of continually saying, Oh, you like this? You're probably going to like this. Like, let's head over here. Or like, I think e-commerce do that really well. Like I think Shopify really has that, you know, inbuilt. If you like this product, you're going to like these ones. But I think in services, so often we don't do that. We don't say, Hey, well, if you're interested in this service, you might actually like this other blog article, or you might like this content that we put together or you know, or this check
1: checklist PDF you can download. You know,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's,
1: I mean, there's so much you can you know interlink. It's not just posting your about and your services and hope people will go to the contact page, right? So there's a bit more um, catering to or yes. serving your your audience, let's say.
0: Yes. So, Polina, like because you are so design wise and, and you work with so many creatives. So I know that the visual and the first impression is so important when you land on, you know, a website, can you share a few quick tips to, for someone listening who is like, I just, I want to have that hero image or that really great first impression on a homepage. I think you've just said it, a hero image. <laughs> it's
1: a good curated image that you open up to um, and good selection of bold fonts, especially if you use like larger fonts at the beginning. I think for me, that's like very impressive very often, right? So I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. So again, it depends a lot obviously on the brand. So some brands that especially are image-driven, that will be like... a. Very impactful way to have people dive right into that visual story, let's say. So, yeah, I think um, having pairing a good title as as a meaning with a powerful font can also be very powerful at the beginning, and can be just that statement that you have, right? And again, that's working with your brand message that can be very impactful. So to me, these are the things that make something impactful. And again, we get back to imagery, right? A lot of it will be imagery. We are visual and there's a lot that can come across the, the image that we may not be even aware of the messaging that, you know, gets through into our subconscious when we see that. It's the feelings, it's the emotions, you know, and if it's paired with a good title or a heading that can connect users right away. And you know, as a, as a salesperson, you know, a lot of things, um, a lot of sale uh, decision is made on emotion as well. So I think imagery is, that's why it's so powerful because it's not about an action specifically, it's about a lot of the emotions we feel when we see the imagery um, on, on a website. You know, it's it's how it makes us feel.
0: Yeah, it's so, so important. And that's like one of the first things when, when people ha- kind of reach out and they're like, I need help with my marketing. I need help to like, I don't know what to do with my website. You know, they they want to talk about that. (laughs) The first thing I'm like is, have you got a photo shoot done? Because like your iPhone shots, whilst they are great for social media and, and they work, for your website, you need something professional. Like I just think across the board, there are very few cases where I think oh yeah, like a phone photo for your website's fine. It's like, I can't really think of any. So I think <laughs> professional imagery. Like a very small
1: maybe image.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. But like uh, the imagery is so powerful and I'm so glad you said that because it just, it's make or break really. Yep. Even, even like for professional services, it doesn't even have to be like, you're a photographer, or a designer, or in the wedding industry, because that's so photo-driven. Yeah. But even as like, you know, financial advisors, I think a beautiful image, it it tells the story straight away, and it, and it communicates the brand value as well. And so, if it's an iPhone, pixelated kind of average photo, it just immediately, I, I think it just sends the wrong signal straight yeah, away. Just so,
1: devalues. De- yeah. yeah. And I think that the cure is, you know, you, you can do a, Obviously, professional photo should, Um, but if you don't feel comfortable or, you know, maybe you don't have the budget for that, there's a lot of yeah. stock imagery that, again, if curated well, kind of serve your branding as well. We love the pexels.com, which is uh, a, like a stock imagery, but they have a lot of very inclusive mm-hmm. kind of selection of imagery yes. that you can, you know, obviously go through and create your own kind of folder of curated images that will work specifically for you and for your business in terms of colors, in terms of like, you know, the the genre and what it's showing and so forth. So I think um, a photo shoot obviously is much more curated to specific yourself and your business. But if you don't have that option at the moment, you can always um, just have a bit more curation on available options out there that are free licensed to use, let's say.
0: And that makes so much sense as well for a lot of people who are, in and out of lockdowns at the moment, like it is hard to get photos yep. done. Um, so that that's a really really good point. So if someone has a website, but they they're like, okay, I have this Squarespace site, but I really want to take it to the next level. Can you share some easy, quick ways, like d- design little hacks? for someone who wants to take their Squarespace template from kind of stock standard to feeling more custom? Do you have any quick tips on that?
1: I'll go back to the same story. But no, hey,
0: uh, add some um, moving imagery,
1: some some GIFs is always is so much fun right now, I think, especially if your brand is more playful. Um, yes. That can already change a bit kind of the look. Uh, Squarespace 7.1 right now has animations as well. So don't overdo it, but that can, in instant one click, you can have a bit more movement on the site. Um, so that's just changes that you don't really need to think much, let's say, or like, you know, explore or or research. Uh, obviously, some more difficult will be updating the fonts. But I think okay. font work is still a very important one. And there are some small things that you can look into. Are your fonts consistent across? Are you using the same font family or the same style for titles so it's clear what messages are important? And is your body font readable? You know, is it too thin so I cannot read it? Or it's like perfect body font. It's thick enough. There's not not like spread out. It's like really easy to read actually Mm, because I have seen business owners have websites that try to be creative with their body font. Body font is not there to be creative. It's there to be readable. Um, so these are, I love that. (laughs) Some, you know, the titles, yes. The quotes, yes. The body font needs to be readable. (laughs) Yeah. So I think these are like the the little small things and you know, what I like about Squarespace Squarespace right now and Squarespace 7.1 is that you have color palettes as well, which can be a powerful game in adding a bit more color in a very quick way and because you just update the palette, right? And it just, you know, applies automatically across. So I think these are options that Squarespace already has there for you. Um, Obviously, to make it a bit more custom looking, uh, as I said, like with fonts, you would need to explore that. Uh, but there are ready-made solutions as well for that. Um, And the most important for your fonts is for them to be consistent and for your body font to be readable so that people can actually get your message, you know, that they can actually read your message that you're trying to get across.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. Can I – one thing that irks me on when I see a Squarespace site is when – well, firstly, when you can't – you can tell they haven't looked at the mobile version very closely. Uh, That it's like so important, the mobile side of things. But the other thing is there's a little trick and I can't remember how to even do it, but there's a little trick where you can, sometimes what happens when it goes from, depending on screen size, it's hyphenates a title in the middle of a heading or something. And it irks me when I see that. I'm like, Oh, like that! It's lost its impact because it's hyphenated, and then there's a, a line break. There's
1: there's a there's a like a, a small CSS code snippet, and I'm sure you can find it anywhere if you just search like Squarespace. Don't hyphenate CSS, um, yes. and it's just a, it's just a small bit of CSS code to add in your custom CSS tab, um, and that won't do that. But I do agree that's kind of a a silly thing that happens on Squarespace by by default, right? It's in, it's in their system that whenever you change screens, you just add. Yeah, it's it's silly, and <laughs> it, it definitely yeah. breaks the logic of the message. I have always found um, it's it's so silly, right? Because when you do like um, a title, especially if it's a longer title and you want it to be impactful, I did find myself playing with what word should go to the next line you know kind of like f- from what point you go to the next line because sometimes it just doesn't make sense if you break the line in a kind of a in a in the middle of the kind of a, the connection so it's it's those little things even that make a difference of how a message is read and perceived um, so if yes. it's bro- the line is broken in the wrong place it just it loses its punchiness um, and i know it's like very detailed and very kind of minuscule kind of change. But, you know, as as a copywriter, let's say, if you're working on, you know, on the website, that would be things you'll also be looking at, Um, you know, the the breaking of the point of your larger titles, let's say, especially if they have like an emotional or an important message to get across.
0: I think it's such a – and to me it just says, oh, that's a template. And I think everyone kind of knows that everyone uses templates and it's totally fine, like we use templates – but I think like if little things, and the cool thing about Squarespace is that you can Google, "Hey, how do I get it so that it doesn't hyphenate?" Yeah, and it's yeah, there's so, much, so many
1: resources, right? Yeah, I think that's the, the great part of all Squarespace. I'm not sure how Squarespace itself, you know, realizes like that they have actually created this you know platform, and a lot of people have built businesses you know, around Squarespace as a platform, you know, us including. And there's so many resources that are for free as well. Um, And I think that's great. I think that gives people a lot of possibilities to explore what they can do with their website, um, depending on their needs, whether they want to just stay with a simple template because that works or they want to explore more and, you know, again, continue working on their website more. Um so there's there's no shortage definitely of resources and and solutions. So yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that about Squarespace.
0: Yeah, and and I think, you know, working on different platforms and things, it's like I, I do love that Squarespace optimizes for mobile automatically. I think that is just so one less thing to think about. Like you don't have to go in and design separately for Mobile per se, and I think that's that's such a cool thing. There are so many things about Squarespace that I think, oh, like they've just nailed that. And particularly for creatives, I think there are so many beautiful templates, and then ways that you can level up using things like Square Muse to to just add those little those elements, those design kits, just to take the interface is still easy for you to DIY but the designs feel more premium and more tailored and unique. And I think it's just, yeah, so, so good. So Paulina, I want to finish up with a couple of rapid fire questions for you. And what I want to say before we jump into these rapid fire questions to anyone listening, I just want to encourage you go through your website, whether or not you use Squarespace or WordPress or whatever you use, go through and, from Paulina's advice and tips, go through and think about, okay, what are some, what are one to two things I could change? And it could be as simple as adding Google analytics or reviewing your imagery or looking at your fonts, like Paulina was saying, like, just go through your site and really think about, okay, what is one or two things I can take away and, and change on my site. And do right now. Exactly, exactly, and actually, Paulina, do you have any things that straight away someone should quickly look at after listening yeah, to this conversation?
1: I, I, yeah, I think um actually, we do have some really cool articles about like cleaning up your site or like the things to look into. And if that's fine with you, I'll share that so you can add it in in the description um, so that you can just go through and quickly clean up, you know, or review or make a plan what you can need to work more on. So, um, and I think that what you said is like really, really cool. You, You can go in and actually do some things right away. It's at your Google Analytics, check if you're, you know, if you're, Contact uh, or call to action is very clear on the pages. Check your fonts are they consistent? They're not okay. I need to work on that. You know, uh, check your portfolio. Is it recent? You know, or is are your services actually recent? Do they uh, represent what you actually do right now? You know, update that. So it's it's those little things you know um, that that can be done right away, and they should not be overthought. Um, and then the things that need to be thought through, you can make a plan for that.
0: So. Yes, I love it. Well, yes, we'll definitely link to that article of like quick things you should be checking out on your site because that will be so, so helpful. Well, Paulina, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions to wrap up. Finish this sentence, success looks like.
1: Looks like, uh, I'd say um, for everyone it's different but let's say a good balance. Yeah. Do I need to expand? I think it's, you know, I think everything is good when there's a good balance. However, you cannot succeed in anything unless you're super obsessed about that thing. Right? Like, you know, if we look at athletes or creatives or anyone, you really need to be obsessed about the things that you are good at, you know, and that's how you become actually good. You invest an enormous amount of time. Um, so for me right now, like that's success, that's balance for somebody. It can be the obsession of like becoming the best they can in a specific, you know, industry or whatever they're doing activity or craft. So I think, uh, yeah, I think success is a very, um, subjective, let's say, uh, yes. dimension of value.
0: <laughs> yes, totally. And next question for you is the biggest piece of advice that you wish you knew when you started Square Muse? Ooh.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, you know, build, invest in good team members and team, you know, invest in building up a good team. Um, I'm very lucky to have a really good team. You know, our team is really talented and passionate. And I think, um, all of them um, have a sense of ownership over the brand. And I think that's very important because when you feel ownership over the brand, you will do everything possible that it's going to be the best product yes. there is because you care so much. Right. Um, and uh, it took me a bit <laughs> until I started actually building a team that I think, you know, kind of hit those criterias. Um, so sometimes, right. You need a person just to, or you need uh, a a team member who will just execute or do certain things um, because they need to be done. But I think investing in team members that actually align themselves with the brand in a way where they take ownership over that, that's much more um, effective and uh, much more powerful and rewarding really for, for the whole team as such.
0: Ah, That's such good advice. Yes. And final question for you. What has been the most valuable investment you have made in your business? Uh, saying
1: yes too many
0: times and then learning to say no.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, and I will expand on this. I think there is a time in business when you have to say yes on everything because you don't know what works or you don't know what will kind of pan out, right? You don't, so you, you say yes, you, yes to this partnership and yes to that. Um, and then as you get the experience where it works, something fails, you realize, okay, like. It's time to say no to things that I know don't work. There's no point for me to invest my energy, so I'll just say no. Um, you know, Same, you know, goes for you know saying no to even um, certain projects or work that you have to mm. or you you want you want to be hired to do. It's fine to say no if you know you're not a good fit um because yeah. you've said the yes before it didn't work out you felt bad um as a result you know the client may feel bad it's just not a good match it's fine not everybody is your client so you can say no to that so i think that's um that's a very valuable lesson for and i, I know a lot of businesses go for this saying yes mm-hmm. a lot and then learning like yeah it's time to say no
0: and that's fine uh you're preaching to the choir i feel <laughs> I feel the exact same. It's uh oh, it's a hard one. And I think it's really hard a- as creatives you kind of just want to take on everything and and you yeah. kind of maybe want everyone to like you and all of that stuff and it's hard it is such yeah. a hard thing to learn. Yeah.
1: But I think it comes definitely with maturity of the brand and your business because you you know you're already kind of you're confident in what you do and you're confident in what your brand stands for and that's where i think you'll feel much more comfortable to draw some boundaries around you know around the things that you want to be doing so I, I wish every business to get to the point where they are confident enough and from many perspectives it's like the creative right the the creative passion that they have their financial needs that they have to be confident at the stage to say no to things so they can better plan and be more intentional about what they do in their brand so that's my kind of philosophical you know uh, wishful thinking for every business owner that is listening to this
0: ah oh, incredible well thank you so much that was so helpful and i know that everyone listening will have things that they can take away and implement but also to feel inspired and and to feel a sense of actually you can do this yourself and there are ways to do it and there are ways to really grow your business without having to outsource completely um but still working with experts like yourself so thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And we're going to link everything in the show notes so that people can follow Square Muse. We also have some special little discount codes in there for My Business Playbook listeners. So definitely head on over to the show notes and you'll find all of the links and all of the fun things. Thank you so much, Polina. It's been an absolute pleasure. Likewise, Laura.
1: Thank you so, so much for your time and for having me here.
0: (laughs) My pleasure. Woo!